Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On the Pitch. I'm Dom, as always, and I'm joined again by Nick. So week one of the Premier League season finally underway, finished up on Sunday, getting ready for week two. I don't know about you guys, but I've been waiting for the Premier League season to kick off for uh, quite some time now, and it was uh, pretty exciting. Quite quite some time, didn't it? Didn't the last season just end? Yeah, it ended back in June, but you know what? Ever since then, I've June's been quite some time. You know, I know it's you know mid August, but I, I, I was ready for the season to start back. <laughs> yeah, not not much of an off season this year, um, thanks to COVID and all that. But you know, it sucks for the players not really having much of an off season, but it's great for the fans because <laughs> we didn't have to wait much longer for the season to start. Um, so just some storylines after. Uh, the first week, Romelu Lukaku officially signed with Chelsea. Uh, we talked about it in the last episode that there was some mutual interest with him going back to Chelsea and Chelsea wanting him back to really solidify that attack. Um, he signed with them before um, the first match last week. Um, didn't really sign in time and get enough training time to, to play in the game, but going forward, he will be on the, on the squad. Um, saw a report today that um, City are willing to pay the 150 million pounds for Harry Kane. Um, but in order to make it happen, they're going to have to sell some pieces to kind of free up some money. Um, you know, we, so we could see a couple big name stars leave the squad to make room for Harry Kane, which probably for the best, honestly, to bring someone like Kane's caliber in. But in my opinion, it, it sucked to see some of these players go. Um, finally, last quick update here. Um, Arsenal are looking to bolster their goalkeeper position and sign Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield United. Um, in my opinion, I think that'd be a pretty big upgrade um, over Lino that they have. Um, they've been, you know, all right with Lino. Last year was kind of disappointing. He looked pretty bad in, in week one against Brentford. Um, so I totally understand why they're looking to uh, make an upgrade because if you don't have a good goalkeeper, you're not really going to go anywhere, <laughs> you know. Um, so real quick, looking at the table after week one, um, there were no ties. So you got half the table of the top 10 teams all at three points, then 10 through 20 all at zero. So just going to give you guys a quick update on the top five teams and then the bottom five teams really only separated by a goal differential with the teams that won last week. Um but number one, we got Man United, uh, two, currently Chelsea, three, Liverpool, four, West Ham, five, Everton. And then the bottom five, we have Southampton, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Leeds United. So Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Leeds currently holding those relegation spots. Um, obviously, it's just week one. We got 32 more weeks to go. <laughs> A lot's going to change, but... Um, you know, going forward, going to give you guys an update on the table every week and just kind of go from there. So going into five things that I personally took away from the first week, um, it, it was kind of a hectic week. So there probably could have been more things that I could have wrote down, but just going to give you guys a top five. Um, number one, this Spurs side is different. Um, they always start off the season pretty strongly and fall off, you know, with Kane most likely being gone. Um, they got a new manager in. This team looked different. Um, I watched the game. They played City uh, on Saturday. 
they looked determined. They were very opportunistic, energetic. They were laser focused and they were playing, they were playing very physical football. Um, I was kind of surprised to see how well they played without Kane um, as their number one striker. You had Son. I mean, he's one of the best forwards in the world. He, he stepped up and had an amazing goal for them, which was the difference maker in the game. Um, but some players stepped up. The right back, Tangano, played one of the best games at right back that I've seen in a while. Uh, he, he was giving everybody fits on the, on the city side, uh, stopping everything. He was setting up the offense just all over the place. And he, that was an amazing game by him. Son obviously stepped up with a goal. He's always going to be good. You give him a little bit of space, he's going to find the net. Um, but we finally had the return of Deli Ali. Kind of fell off last season um, under Jose Mourinho. Kind of came back into form and reminded us of a player that you know we all know he could be uh, involved. He very confident on the ball. You know that that attack is going to be if they can keep it up, it's going to be very solid. And then. I thought Hoiberg also had a, a very good game as well. He played really well in the Euros this year, and he's carried his good run of form into this Chelsea side. And I, I think this is a team that could, if they keep this up, I think they could finish in possibly a European spot because uh, they look fantastic after week one. So the second thing I took away from week one, United's attack is dangerous. They brought in Jaden Sancho. I would say uh, dangerous is an understatement with a, uh... Five yeah, goals. yeah. Well, we'll we'll get into that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I know that your favorite team. Though, so. <laughs> so yeah, their their attacks dangerous. I'm gonna I'm not gonna comment on what you just said there. Um, but they won five one over Leeds, and that that attack's gonna be so good with Pogba and Fernandez re- reminding everyone that they're world class players. Uh, Pogba had three assists in the first sixty minutes of the match. Bruno Fernandez had a hat trick. Going forward, that that team's going to be good once the rest of the team kind of settles down and finds their form. Let me let me ask it, you because I know um, I know it was like maybe a couple months ago. I think maybe it was the middle of like last season, or they were kind of finishing it. And we were they still have the same manager, mm-hmm. right? So we were questioning whether or not he was gone because of the way they were. Playing. Yeah, last last year and they then, got up to a bad start, and yeah. they they turned it around. They they didn't have a great season. Um, you know, they still finished, you know, top four, top five. Um, so, I mean, not a great season, but it's still a, a pretty bad season if, you know, you're looking at things at United Standards. Performed well enough to keep his job, and they brought in Varney at center back and Jaden Sancho at uh, the wing position to really bolster that team. And this, this team's looking good. If their defense could kind of hold up its end of the deal with that offense, that they have it it could be a very dangerous team sucks to say being a city fan but yeah this united squad's dangerous um so going into my third thing that i took away chelsea's depth makes them legitimate title contenders adding lukaku who didn't play um kai havertz came in off the bench he played 120 minutes in the in their super cup game um just the squad is so deep you know they they don't have a squad like United or City where there's, you know, three or four just world-class superstars. They just have a very solid, disciplined, good team. 
And, you know, it showed last year they, they won the Champions League. They beat City in the Champions League, won nothing. And they just made the team better, you know, bringing in Lukaku to, to really solidify that attack. This is, in my opinion, City's biggest title threat is going to be Chelsea. They're going to be tough to beat because when everyone is resting their starters or having to rotate their starters and bringing in bench players, Chelsea's bench players are as good as any other team's starters. So they're really never going to be at a disadvantage, especially with how disciplined they are. Um, they don't really make many mistakes. And are they are they deep because they just spent a lot of money, or are they deep because they did a really good job developing through um, their you know developmental leagues? And just it was it was both. Um, a couple of years ago, they had a transfer ban because they broke some financial fair play rules. So there was a good two year window where they couldn't uh, spend any money. And they had a lot of players that came in through their academy that they sent out on loan. Um, it was kind of a joke. Yeah, everyone called, called it Chelsea's um, transfer army. They had like 30, 40 players out on, out on loan. That's gracious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of them came back and they're, you know, part of the squad. They're key mm-hmm. pieces. They just really developed um, really well. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they developed well and they spent money where they needed to. You know, they brought in. Um, Christian Pulisic over from Dortmund. Um, they just brought in Lukaku. Um, last year they had one or two signings. So, I mean, they were just smart with how they built their team. And it's it's a really good squad top to bottom. There's there's not really any holes on this team. Um, yeah, I mean, especially it probably helped that, like you said, they, they weren't able to spend any money for a couple of years, so they kind of were just stashing that away. And then yeah. the chance to be able to so they had a little bit you know, cash in the bank <laughs> to throw some yeah. money around and, and that kind of helps out. So it's almost like the ban helped them. <laughs> Didn't really hurt them. It, I mean, in a roundabout way. Yeah. I guess you could say that, um, you know, it, it hurt them for the couple of years where they couldn't bring in anyone, Yeah, but it, it made them, I guess, really come up with a long-term plan mm-hmm. and you know, they had a plan and they they've executed it. Is this something maybe that, you know, whoever runs that that league can look at and maybe think about that punishment. I mean, obviously it, it did what it was supposed to do and it hurt them for that time in which they, you know, they penalized them for those couple years. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it didn't really work because they're just, they're, you know, I mean, they're, like you said, they're, they're kind of a better team for it. Almost. So is it maybe something that when you have some, some kind of penalty like that or some kind of uh, consequence for breaking the rules, do you think they might try to look to changing it and doing something different because I mean I guess they, they couldn't have you know looked forward and been like yeah I mean this is what's going to happen but at the end of the day they're like I said yeah. they're almost kind of better for it well the two years that they were under their ban um, they really didn't play that well uh, I don't think they I'll have to look back but I know they weren't top four um, and if you're a big club like Chelsea and you're not qualifying for the Champions League you could say goodbye to anyone coming in or all your top players want to leave because, um, I mean, that's what they play for. They, When you're playing at that level in the top clubs in England, your, your second worry is the Premier League. You're playing for the Champions League. And if you're not in the Champions League, you're not sticking around. Um, so for, for a couple of years, it, it kind of did hurt them. But they knew that they had all these players that were young, that were out on loan. That were they were already on the squad. They they just needed opportunities to get more playing time elsewhere. So they figured during the transfer ban, they can't bring anyone in. Let's bring back some of these players that we have out on loan and see what we can build with these teams. Turns out those are some really good players. 
So, I mean, they didn't bring anyone new in during the transfer ban, clearly, but they kind of were still able to bring players in because these players were out on loan. Yes, they were still owned by Chelsea, but they never really played for Chelsea. So bringing them in was kind of like reinvigorating the team and bringing in new faces and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, I can't really see like financial fair play rules changing at all. I mean, they, they had to pay a fine. They didn't have a – they had a transfer ban for two years. There's not really much else – that you could do. I mean, you, you know, depending on how egregious of a infraction it was, you can ban them from the champions league for a couple of years or, or whatnot, but you know, five years down the road, you know, all the, these are billion dollar organizations, if not more, they're, they're, yeah, I'll suck for those two years, but in the long run, it's not really going to hurt them that much. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And maybe like other teams can kind of look at that too and be, be a little more conscious about how they, how they view their talent from the inside as well. Because, I mean, obviously you you have all these developmental and you have the option to loan players out, you know what I mean, to squads so they can get practical experience on the field as well. Like, use that. Like, that's that's something huge. And you can yeah. build depth well, that way instead of, instead of spending, you know, $150 million to get a player. Maybe you, maybe it might, you know what I mean, it might be a long-term plan. But if every, if every like four or five years you can bring in three or four guys that are really solid rotation players and maybe even one of them turns into like a star then it might be yeah. you know what I mean? well i mean you already see all the big clubs do that um all their top players unless they're like once in a generation players um you know you'll, you'll see these top clubs load out some of their top youth squad players to you know league one league two or other leagues throughout europe just to get the more playing time because these other leagues, even though they're not the Premier League, they're still better competition than what they would face against, you know, other 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Um, but, you know, you still see, like, City, for example, we have, you know, quite a few players that might be good enough, you know, to be on the first squad, but most likely going to be loaned out. Um, but then there's a couple that, you know, someone like Phil Foden came up three years ago from the academy. He's been with the first team ever since, and he's considered one of the best young players in the world. So, you know, you're already seeing, you know, all these top clubs kind of loan out a lot of their better young players. I mean, not to, not to get off topic real quick, I guess, do, do many like um, European leagues or anything, do they, do they loan to the MLS or or no, it's not like that high quality of talent enough to develop over there. You'll see every now and then you'll see a couple transfers of like older European stars going over to the MLS. Um, I mean, and every now and then you'll see um, a European team, you know, bring someone over from the U.S. You don't really see many loans over to the MLS. You know, you'll have a couple, um, but they the European clubs try to keep their players in Europe. One just for the familiarity with it, and their leagues are kind of structured similarly. Mm-hmm. So as they're coming up through, they're kind of already used to how the leagues are formatted, how the, you know, competitions during the season kind of interact with each other going over to the MLS. It's so different. And the season plays, you know, at a different time of the year, you know, mm-hmm. so that you don't really see much collaboration between the two leagues just because they're, they're so different. I mean, just like money spent wise, it's almost like, I don't know if <laughs> like if you, you like imagine like the Columbus crew instead of spending like, you know what I mean? 10 million in the transfer window to get like three players. If you could like loan out, you know, some of Europe's like best young players, you know what I mean? Anywhere from like 
18 to like 22. And realistically, you probably could loan out like 10 or 12 players at that cost. You know what I mean? If not more, depending on how much it is to loan out a player. But I mean, just that. And I mean, if they're if they're still as good, you know, what I mean, talent wise, as everybody says they are. I mean, you think of like MLS team does that and they spend their, you know, what I mean, their their money for the year on that. I mean, that's a. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess it would looking be at like it, a one year experiment, but looking at it from a MLS team's point of view, you know, I don't know, it, it would be tough one because of how different the competitions are. But, you know, if you bring in a player on a loan, you know, however, however long the agreement is, you know, you have them for a year or two, or it could be as little as six months, you know, so you're bringing in someone to, you know, maybe help your, your squad in the short term, but then they're, they're going to be gone. You know, or if they're not getting any playing time, the team that owns their contract could recall them from loan and be like, hey, we loaned this player to you. You're not really giving many playing time. We're going to take it back. Um, yeah, but I mean, for, for the most part, they're they're probably going to get a ton of playing time. I mean, like I said, you. Yeah, you look it, at, most likely they will. But yeah, but you, you look at like an MLS team that that might be, you know, what I mean, they they think they might be like two or three pieces away from from really winning a championship. And the, the whole point is to win a championship. So if you if you could sit there and like maybe go ahead and add some depth that could be that three or four pieces and go out there, you know what I mean, and spend maybe a million, million and a half and get like three or four guys on transfer and bring them in, even if it's just a one year thing. I mean, I know that sounds well, crazy. When it but when it comes to loans, kind of get that like mercenary kind of kind of play. Yeah, I mean, it, if you're contending for a championship and you need, you know, one of your top players goes down, you need someone to fill in. You know, yeah, it could make sense, but um, when it comes to loans, I mean, the teams agree to split the player's salary, so you're not really paying them like, "Here's a million dollars, let us get this player for a year." It's, "Hey, we'll pay you know sixty percent of this player's con- uh, salary for the year, and you know we'll take them for like six months and then give it back, or we'll we'll take them for a year and give them back." Um, but I mean, I think just the that's probably even cheaper than I thought. Then I mean, you could. Because, yeah. I mean, salary can't be that much. I mean, especially if you're kind of a, a U squad player or, you know what I mean, kind of on the practice squad. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's not really much, but I, I think just the difference of uh, schedule. You, you got the Premier League and all the European leagues starting now. You know, August to, August to May is really what the season is. And in the meantime, the MLS doesn't really play in the winter. They're uh, spring and, and summer league so just the the logistics of it don't really match up because when a mls squad's going to need a player to bring in for a playoff push well every other league in europe that's their offseason all these players you know even though they're not on the first squad they're playing in lower level leagues they already just played a full season the last thing that these clubs want to do is loan them out to an american team to play for six months and have literally no no gap at all, no off time. So I, I think that's the, the biggest reason is why there's no really loans or transfers between leagues or yeah. from the U.S. to Europe. So what you're saying is to play in the wintertime. <laughs> let's, uh, I mean, that's, I'm just, let's say I'm just, I was just kind of brainstorming because I was like, it. it's almost like, because I know a lot of people talk about, you know, the talent difference and stuff like that. I, I do think it's catching up a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I do think we're getting more um, players from outside the United States that, that we kind of can bring into the MLS. Obviously, they're probably not like your high-end players or, or they would be playing in these other throughout the world. But it's right. just 
I do think it would be an, an intriguing thing, even kind of like a how we do like spring league stuff here, even if they were kind of mm-hmm. like, well, maybe we have a young player who really didn't play much. They were just kind of training and stuff throughout the season. And then mm-hmm. let's go ahead and loan them out for six months to an MLS team while they're playing. And it's kind of like a spring league. Let's go see how they do. You know what I mean? I, it would yeah. probably have to be, it had to be that situation after we take us off topic to get back on. <laughs> yeah. So back on topic here, the, the fourth thing that it took away from week one of the premier league, um, Arteta needs to make some changes and real quick to this Arsenal side. Um, Cause if he doesn't soon, I think his time as Arsenal's manager is going to come to an end real soon. Um, last year was disappointing for him. Didn't finish, you know, in a spot where they can qualify for any European competitions. And week one, they were playing Brentford, who has never been in the Premier League before. This is Brentford's literally first time ever up in the Premier League, and they lost 2 nothing. That was like – that's like if uh, Alabama got waxed by, like, like Kent State. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say Alabama, but I, I, I get the point. Okay. Well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe like Oklahoma. We'll go with Oklahoma. Yeah, Although, for whatever reason, they're second name people. Anyway, that's, that's for the Ohio verse episode tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just shocking how how bad that game was for Arsenal. I mean, Brentford looked great. You know, they looked excited. Uh, clearly, they were excited to be there as the first Premier League game ever. Um, they looked like a strong side. You know, is that Brentford being really good or just Arsenal just looking horrendous. There was nothing there. You know, there was no creativity. They were sluggish. They looked they looked like a team that hadn't played football in about three months. <laughs> you know, and a lot of these guys, you know, they they, they might be a little tired because they didn't really have much of an offseason, but that's still not an excuse to play as bad as they did. You know, they, they had Aubameyang and Lacazette were out. I get that. They had Saka was out. But still, you know, the the reserves for Arsenal should still be able to beat a team like Brentford, especially when they're mixed in with other first-team players at Arsenal. Yeah, you know, it, it to, to look as bad as they did, it, there's really no excuse for it. And I think Arteta needs to make some changes, and he needs to do something quick because if they have another bad season – it, I mean, if they're like 11th in the table and it's January, he's he's gone. You know, you, you, you can't perform that bad and expect to keep your job. But moving on to my fifth and final takeaway from uh, the first week of the Premier League season, Brighton's attack could cause some fits for some Premier League teams. Um, and I'll, Nick, I don't know if you're too familiar with Brighton and Hope Albion, but they were a lower level team that finally came up to the Premier League a couple years ago. And slowly but surely they're they're they've been building a squad and their attack is solid. Um and it's it's really just their attacking midfield. You know, last week they had the combination of McAllister, Motor, and Lilana just led that team. They they look very solid. This attack is going to be even more dangerous when uh, their striker Danny Welbeck comes back. Um you know Welbeck he's a experienced striker he's not all world there's definitely better strikers but he's he's a good serviceable striker and you bring him in with the attacking midfield that this Brighton team has that's a very solid team you know they're still a little shaky defensively but they're definitely not going to be a pushover this year they're probably going to be a a mid-table squad 
but that's still one hell of an improvement from where they were last year fighting for a relegation spot. Um, you know, as the team gets more money, collects more resources from being in the Premier League more, this this is a team that is is on the up and coming. And I really like what they have. You know, they I wouldn't be surprised if there's a game this year where they pull off a big upset against, you know, one of these top teams. You know, they're they're gonna be good. And I I really hope that people start to pay attention to it. And I, I hope teams don't overlook them because they could be dangerous. Yeah, I mean it's because from my understanding, it's pretty hard to kind of move your way up to those different leagues, especially to get into the yeah. Premier League. And then um, especially if you're kind of a smaller club that doesn't have much money, it's kind of hard to stay in the Premier League. So that's why we kind of, you know, obviously teams fall in and it's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, yeah they can continue to build. And and obviously they've they've probably they've probably followed that model of, yo, let's build up our youth squad and, and get some players. And Yeah, know. well, they, they were smart with their transfers and. You know, a couple of years back, they they did get bought out by an owner that did had some pretty deep pockets, built them a new stadium. Um, it kind of injected a lot of money into that organization, and I mean, it, it's paid off. He got them up into the Premier League, and they they never fell down. Once they got promoted, they have not been relegated, and it, it, it's nice to see. You know, I, I like seeing new teams come into the Premier League that have never been up before and stay up there and have you know, some moderate success. It It's just refreshing, you know, because the, the league is always dominated by the top six teams every year. So it, it's nice to see new teams come up and stay up. We do like a good underdog. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so moving on, Saturday starts week two of the Premier League season. Um, Nick, let's go through the matchups for this week and kind of give some predictions. Um, and then we'll kind of reconvene in the next episode and see how we did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want to go through, I know I know you made your picks already. Let's see what you got. Um, so I, I think the first matchup was Liverpool and Burnley. I, obviously, I have Liverpool winning. I just don't really see, I just want to see Burnley winning that game, especially after losing to, to Brighton. I just think that Liverpool is kind of <laughs> a little bit too much for them. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't know if, you know, Liverpool, they dropped uh, three on Norwich. So, to me, kind of Norwich and Burnley are kind of... Yeah, they're, right. they're pretty much on the same level. Yeah. So um, I just, I think Liverpool just, finally getting healthy. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good squad. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, unless some, like, something crazy happens, and we see it all the time in sports. I mean, Liverpool could drop the ball, or or maybe after the last game, they're kind of resting some of their guys, and, and Burnley takes advantage of that. But, I mean, we'll just kind of have to see how that goes. Um, did you have them, too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I also have Liverpool <laughs> winning that match. Okay. Um, and it looks like the second game would be Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Um, I don't I, I have uh have Villa winning. I don't they, they didn't win last week against Watford, but I think that they did they did drop two goals. I think maybe they just need to figure out their their defensive situation, letting three goals go. Um, kind of banking on the fact that they that they kind of handle their their stuff and then you know have a nice little Nice little win to kind of even the even them out on the table there, um, at least maybe a tie so they can get a point. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, this this match confuses my head. Says pick Villa, but deep down I I want to pick Newcastle. I like this Newcastle squad. Um, they're they're a good young team. I want to pick them, but I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you and go Aston Villa on this one. Okay. And then it looks like that third match would be uh, Crystal Palace versus uh, Brentford. And at first, 
I wanted to go with Crystal Palace, but they kind of got rocked by Chelsea. And even though I, I like their name, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, they, they just got rocked. So I just kind of think that they're going to be in, um, you know, kind of desperation mode. It's, it's the beginning of the season. They got rocked. They really want to get a win. Um, but Brentford did did beat Arsenal and, and have a really good game as well. And I think that that's going to be a team kind of like we talked before that uh, hopefully hopefully they, they kind of sustain this success a little bit yep. and continue going. And I, I do think that Brentford will get the win there. And I don't, I don't know if it'll be like a, you know, like a, a five goal difference or anything, but I, I do think maybe, you know, one or two goals, mm-hmm. on, you know, difference there. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Brentford's going to carry the energy that they had from their first ever Premier League game. It's another game at home. Those fans are going to be through the roof. Like they're going to go nuts. And, you know, they, they look, they look strong. They look composed. They played well together. I don't see any reason why they can't win. And I, I think it's a situation that definitely goes into their favor being at home. I'm, I'm going to go with Brentford again in this game. Okay. Then we have the matchup of Leeds versus Everton. And I'm just going to go with Everton because <laughs> Leeds got rocked. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look like they really have much defense. And Everton beat Southampton 3-1, to one, so it looks like they have offense. So anytime that Leeds looks like they're going to go up against somebody who can score this season, I think they're going to lose unless they can start figuring it out. Um, you know, obviously, Man United's kind of on another level than a lot of the teams within the, you know, the Premier League. That's why they're consistently, you know, in the top six. But um, I, I just I think that Everton's going to get it done. They seem to have offense, and Leeds seems to not be able to play defense. So that's kind of a, a bad combination. <laughs> yeah, I I really think highly of this Everton squad. I know um, no no one ever really expects them to do well because it's Everton. They're you know the low, the little brother over there in Liverpool. Um, but I like this squad. You know they have Calvert Lewin and Richardson kind of really heading up that attack they brought in Rafa Benitez to manage that squad he's a very good manager um I I like this squad I think they can really do things this year I'm gonna I'm again I'm gonna agree with you I'm gonna go with Everton over Leeds well I mean I think it's a good sign that you are going with uh with the same teams as me maybe I know a little bit more about uh football than I thought so uh Let's see if we can get us another one here. So we got Man City versus Norwich. I already know who you're going to pick just because, you know, it's it's you. But I'm going to go with Man City. This is what I think about the first week of, of this season. I think that Man City um, and, you know, Tottenham, I think they were like the only two teams that like played each other that you would say are both in the top six. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I think that they both kind of got gypped in that. And obviously Tottenham came out with the win, which is – you know, good good for them because that's a that's a rivalry that we're gonna you know continue to see probably over the season and, and maybe even seasons to come. So, but I mean, you know, United played Leeds and and Liverpool played Norwich and you know what I mean. Chelsea played Crystal Palace. Not saying that those teams aren't like amazing, but right, you're talking about well, you're you 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 play. They're the only two teams that played each other in the top six. So I, I think them them getting you know I don't want to say it's a gimme win as things happen, but they're going to play Norwich and Norwich kind of got rocked by Liverpool and, and I would yep. put City kind of on the same playing field as Liverpool. So hopefully they, they can kind of, you know, score a couple goals on them, get a, you know, get a good like two goal difference on them. Um, that way that kind of brings them back up in goal differential. And then they also get the wins. So they get the three points put yeah. them back in that positive side of the table. There. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with City, um, not surprisingly, but I, I think Pep's going to put out a little bit of a stronger squad than he did against 
uh, Tottenham. We had a lot of players out that game. A lot of players that a lot of players got rest that probably needed rest from not having an off season, going right in from the final of the Champions League right into the Euros of Copa America. Um, we we rested a lot of players. So I know going against Tottenham, we didn't have Kevin De Bruyne. We didn't have um, John Stones. We sat Kyle Walker. Um, we we had a lot of bench players playing. And I think as they, you know, are spending more time in training, maybe resting a little bit more, I think that we're going to put out a little bit of a stronger side. Um, I don't think it'll be our best starting 11, um, but I, I think we'll we'll bring back a couple more starters, and I think it's going to be a pretty easy city win. Heck yeah. Then it looks like we have Brighton versus Watford. So obviously Brighton being uh, the team that we just kind of talked about in your uh, your top five things to watch for this past week. I, you know, they, they got the win last week and I, this one was kind of hard for me, but I picked Watford. I don't know. It's like a gut feeling for some reason. They both got wins. So they're both on the positive side of the, of the table there. I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that, that Watford's going to win. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a, a close game. I think they're going to win by one goal. And I mean, I don't think there's going to be very many goals scored. I think it's going to be one nil or maybe two one. Um, but I, I just think that it's going to be a good, like, hard fought game and somebody's either going to score like really early and then nobody's going to score again, or somebody's going to score really late on like a crazy game winning goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, here we go. We actually disagree on a game. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Brighton on this one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Brighton on this one. That attack is just too good. Uh, that Watford to me doesn't really have the defense to really keep up with it. I think it'll be a hard fought game, but you know, Brighton's, Brighton's attack is too good. So I'm going to go Brighton probably 2-0. Okay. So, I mean, you, you think it's going to be like a, a lower scoring game as well, too. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. – like I said, that's that's a hard one because both of them got the win last week, and it seems like both of them can kind of score. And I, I do agree that, that Watford let up, you know, two goals. So maybe their defensive holes kind of let Brighton take advantage of that, and maybe they win 2-1 instead of Watford. But yeah, that'll, that'll be a good one to watch. Like, you know, I mean – like I said, competition-wise, I, I think that they're pretty close, and, and that'll, that'll be a fun one. Um, then next, it looks like we have Southampton. You know, Man United, I, I don't even think we're going to talk much about this one. United's probably going to win that one. Yeah. And I don't yep. even – that's it. Move on. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> South, Southampton, to me, they're, they're a team that's probably going to be bottom half the table, if not fighting to stay up. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's not really much going for them this season. Yeah, United win this one pretty easily. And let's say we got uh, the Wolves versus Tottenham. Um, I have Tottenham. I think that, I don't know. The Wolves, what, they're like, their name is like something crazy. What the heck? Wolverhampton? Yes. I was like, when I, when I was like looking at uh, the stuff for later, I was like, dude, their name is like the longest name in my life. The, it's the name of the city. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I think that, that Tottenham's, they, they got that game. That's again, probably. Nope. nope. I disagree with you on this one. You think the Wolves are going to win? Yeah, wolves are a strong side. They they've been strong for a couple years. You know, they're they're not a team that's going to compete for any European spot, but they're always finishing between eighth and and sixth. Hmm. And they're they're a consistently good team. And going up against Tottenham, they they played really well uh, week one. You know, I mentioned earlier that this is going to be a different Tottenham side, but wolves always. They play up to their competition. You know, they're they'll always you know upset you know one of the top six teams, maybe even two of the top six teams throughout the season. 
And, you know, they're going to be overlooked in this game because it's at Tottenham. Tottenham got the win last week. I, I think Wolves go in there, and I, I think they're going to steal one from them. But Okay. No, I mean, listen, that that is a possibility. So anytime Don Laurie picks against me, I'm probably wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, next we have Arsenal versus Chelsea. I picked Chelsea to win only because it looks like Arsenal has some stuff to figure out, and I just I don't yep. know. They're going to be able to figure it out in time to uh, <laughs> to get a win against Chelsea. I mean, you would kind of hope that maybe they would have gotten somebody on the lower end of the table, but they kind of have two two rough matches in a row. It seems like you know, with Brentford kind of being coming coming on strong at the beginning of the season here, hopefully they they kind of you know, but but going against Chelsea, I, I just don't really like going well for them. I I don't think it's going to be like a high scoring game, but I, I do think that Chelsea comes away. Yeah, I, I think this game is not even going to be close. To be honest with you, um, Arsenal very disappointing, and th- this this Chelsea squad is is incredible <laughs> there's there's no other word to to really describe it um it, it's it's kind of sad that you know we have a uh, london derby and no one's really excited for it <laughs> you know arsenal and chelsea these are you know should be two of the biggest clubs in the league and it's it's not even close anymore you know I, chelsea walk away with this one i wouldn't be surprised if it's two or three nothing hmm. okay then it looks like last we have West Ham versus Leicester and no rhyme or reason behind it. I'm just going to go to West Ham because, you know, that was a, I, I don't know. I just looked their name and, uh, and we, <laughs> we had a, a FIFA franchise with them. So uh, I'm invested West Ham all the way. I don't care who they're playing. They're going to win every single game. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> well, we're going to disagree again. Um, West Ham, they're a respectable side, but Leicester are a they're- very Leicester's a, a very good team. Last year, they were right up to the end of the season. They were competing for a European spot. They almost finished top four. Um, they got better in the transfer window. They already had a pretty strong team. I think Leicester's a team that's going to finish top five this year. And West West Ham, they're they're all right, but they're not at Leicester's level. And going to Leicester, that's, that's a very tough place for teams to go in and win. Um, I, I think this has a Leicester win written all over it. I know you you have your emotional connection to uh, the West Ham <laughs> FIFA franchise, but when we uh, was it FIFA seventeen? Weren't they like the bottom league of like? Then we brought them up, wasn't it? No, you're, you're thinking of Port Vale. No, I, we played we played a West Ham league too, but I think maybe they maybe maybe I just got yeah you you got them confused there because they were they they they've been a Premier League side for a while. Okay. Well, we did do a West Ham one, and we we won some some uh, some Premier League championships. I remember because, but they're gonna win. They got a win last week. They're gonna win this week. I don't, you know what I mean. I'm gonna get a West Ham jersey. They're gonna win everything. You're gonna get a West Ham jersey if they win. Huh? You're gonna get a West Ham jersey if they win. Listen, if West Ham finishes top five, I'll buy a West Ham jersey, and I'll let you pick out the player that I, get. I don't even care. Okay. Oh, uh, they finish top. They have to finish top five. I have to finish top five. I feel like that's that's like that's doable, it, right? We'll, we'll <laughs> see. It's not. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. It, it's not likely, but we'll see. Well, they just they just got to get like you know what I mean. Like if they if they can rack like twelve wins in a row at the beginning of the season, and then all they got to do is just to get a bunch of ties, and it'll be fine. It'll be top five for sure. If it it will be a miracle if they win twelve wins in a row. I don't even know who they you know play what? in the next twelve. But you know what? Just because you made this bet with my luck, they're gonna finish top five. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, no, I Lester's got this game. 
Yo, what is it? So, so the bet is what? Top five? Top five when you buy a, you buy a jersey? I think we both got to get jersey if they go top five. I think, I think that's what it's got to be. All right. I think we got to. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I guess you're on. If okay. you heard it here, folks, if, if West Ham finished top five, didn't expect it, this to happen today, but, you know, we, we got to get West Ham jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely taking a turn that I didn't expect it to, but here we go. So moving on, um, last topic we got here. Um, start of the season means new jerseys for all the Premier League teams. Um, every year, all the clubs get new jerseys. So we're going to go through, um, Nick and I are going to go through our top five and our our top, our top favorite shirts and um, the worst shirts. So give like a, a five, five for each. Um, Nick, if you want to get us going, get, start us off with your top five. Then I'll go with my top five, and then you know you can go to your least favorite, and I'll go with my least. All right, copy that. Um, this is what I first would like to say. None of these, like barely any of these teams, have any good colors. Um, I, I don't really get it. I don't understand branding wise how you could sit there and have like a red and white jersey, and then like a, a green and orange. I don't even know. Whatever. Okay. Um, so, so partly like my top five are just going to be like you know based on consistency with color and then if i thought they were pretty cool you know what i mean and if you hear some some paper flipping out there everybody it's because i wrote this all down on paper so <laughs> uh, so i think that my favorite ones that i'm going to go with here are going to be i think burnley i i like the uh the red and they, they have red, white, and light blue for their home and away. It's kind of a little bit different designs, but it's consistent. I think they're both pretty cool. Um, obviously the, the consistency kind of helps, but but it I, I do I do really like the their their jerseys. I think they're pretty coolly designed. Um second, I would probably go with um, you know, I I, I do like Man City's uniforms. I think they'd be second for me. Obviously, they keep like the consistent color scheme. They they have that like light blue, that dark blue. Um, that white, and I just think that I I do like their Wait, uniform this year. You you said you like their home uniform. Their third uniform. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, obviously, obviously, their homes in a way they're they're, they're clean. They're they're okay. I like them. Um, but that that third uniform is pretty cool. I, I did like the design on that one. Third, I like the um the the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, start <laughs> you know. The long name team that fine, but they are um, their home uniforms are black and yellow, and then away they uh, have the black and yellow, but they add gray in there, which is like you know it's cool, it's clean. I, I do like the home uniform; I think it's pretty clean. So that that's kind of why I had them third, and then fourth, I would say, like I said, I mean, I I think I can only do three because I mean I, I didn't I didn't hate Crystal Palaces again. I mean they're just like the home uniform is red, blue, and light blue. The away is yellow, red, and blue, and then the third one is light blue and white. You know what I mean? I, I liked the I liked the jerseys. I thought they were okay, but it just just not consistent. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard. Like uh, I don't know why it's so important to me to have like a consistent you know color scheme. But I, I'm okay if you have like four different colors. But like let's be let's have it you know consistently through all your different uniforms. You know what I mean? Like on like freaking who was it? Well, we'll get to them later, but just Chelsea. Yeah, I, I don't like the Chelsea uniforms, but um, <laughs> that's that's, so, that's pretty much like my my top three or four. Like I said, I really only had like three that I that I really liked. Um, so yeah, Burnley, City, and then uh, Wolverhampton. 
Yeah. So going with my top five, um, in no particular order, um, I just kind of just wrote them down. Um, the Aston Villa away shirt is very good. Uh, it's simple. You got white with the, you know, you got the maroon letters, you got the maroon uh, badge, um, some slight maroon um, stripes down the shirt. Very clean shirt, but the design on it is is very good. Um, Wait, who? It's Aston Villa's away. It's it's a simple design. It's it's not overpowering. It's not a shirt that's going to hurt your eyes. It's it's a good shirt. Um, it's 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 one that I would buy if it was if it was a city jersey. Um, next, we got the Everton away shirts. Um, Everton not really known for having red in their uniforms, but their away uniform. If you look at it, it's a black shirt. You got the red sash going diagonally across the chest. Um, and I like that one too. I thought it was. Yeah, you got the red lettering. Then the Everton logo fits in with the uh, the black of the rest of the shirt, so it's over the the red sash. And you got the black logo. Amazing shirt. Um, you know, Hummel have done a, a top job designing this shirt. Next uh, number three, I got Newcastle's home uniform. Um, it's traditional. Uh, Newcastle are known for having their black and white stripes. Um, so th- this is, a, I guess, a more modern take on their black and white stripes. Um, the design on it's different. Um, I, I think it's just uh, the, the color combination of black and white. You can't really mess that up. Um, it, it's always going to look good pretty much no matter what the design is. I, I think it's just it's, it's a good shirt. Um, it's can see you disagree with me there, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've, I've always liked Newcastle's shirts, especially their homes. I'll tell you why. I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> um number four i got west ham's third shirt no that is i i do i do but i all this yeah i thought they were all i thought the home one was i thought the other two the only thing i will say is that the away and the third look like they're trying to copy cities and oh i think they, their their third shirts are completely different i'm just like that that like navy and that white especially the away one like i i can see the third one but like the away one i'm like that's like that light blue, that white, and then you know, obviously the red's kind of a little bit different. But I, I just, I don't know. It was kind of like I was like, you're, I don't know, you're kind of close. But that that burgundy and white one for the home one, mm-hmm. that was clean. Yeah, you should do some combination of like maybe burgundy, white, and that light blue. Ooh, that'd yeah. Be nice. But I mean, their their third shirt, it's simple. Um, I can't really tell from the the pictures if it's black or navy. Either way, those are two of my favorite colors. So you know, I'm always gonna like it. It's it's simple. You got the the sleeves have a little bit of a design on it, but other than that, you just have the sponsor. You got the logo. You got the um, Umbro logo. Can't really go wrong with it. I, th- I think it's a it's a good shirt. Um, number five, rounding out the shirts that I like, I got Southampton's home. Again, keeping it traditional. <laughs> um, S- Southampton have always had the the red and white stripes that you're seeing on the on the logo this year, mm-hmm. not on the logo on the, on the shirt this year. Um, I like what they did with the collar. It's, it's different. Um, kind of almost looks like they're wearing a scarf a little bit. Um, like their, their third, like the, their, the black. Yeah. Their, their third shirt. It, it's very nice. Um, you can kind of see in the collar, they kind of had a similar design to it on the, as a home shirt, but mm-hmm. red and white stripes. It again, it, it just looks good. 
Let me ask you. Their home uniform are red and white. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but their third uniform are black and white. So we got some consistency there, right? Mm-hmm. What are their away uniforms, blue and yellow? How does that make any sense? Um, You know, for the people that don't like red and white, and they like yellow and blue, but they still want to buy a Southampton shirt. We just do. I don't just know. More about having consistent color scheme. I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm okay if you want to get like creative and be like, let me add some like some different. You maybe a different color in here, but you're gonna go like a whole different color scheme. Like I'm like, especially those colors, ugly together. They're not even anywhere similar to Michigan colors. There, <laughs> completely different color yellow, completely care. different color blue. It's ugly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I do agree. I, I don't like their away. Um, it, the, the, that shirt to me is a little too loud, but yeah, they're, that was my top five. Um, let's let's hear your bottom five. You kind of gave some hints to them already, but let's hear what you got to say. I'm not even going to keep track of how many I say because... That Nar- I, narrow it down to five. Narrow it down to five. Um, if, if you can. The home uniform for Brentford, um, they look like a ref. Hate it. Um, <laughs> the home uniform for Brighton, they look like a ref. I hate it. Um, who else? Who else? Um, I, I did think that like Brighton's away uniform were kind of cool. That like aquamarine black and yellow. Yeah, um, it was like a, like a mint. Yeah, though, mint early, green almost. It was kind of nice. I, I like that. I, I will say that. Um, and then did not like. I did not like the, the third uniform for Leicester. I, I don't understand the 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 gray, blue, white, and then there was just like not even like a good color pink. They tried to do like, a highlighter. Um, yeah, the the Adidas stripes and the. Yeah, like, I was like, well, you know what? Like, if you if you wanted to do a normal with that, like with a gray, then I would have been like, but I don't. Yeah, know. they went with hot pink and gray. Like, not even like a, it's like a gray blue. Um, the away uniform and then the third uniform, hate them. I, I don't like the design for the. I don't think that light blue. They have blue, red, and yellow. Oh, well, historically, man, you have had quite a few blue shirts. Um, like, so I don't know. I, I just yeah, I don't. I don't really like the design on them, but I don't really have a problem with the colors. Newcastle home, they look like a referee. Um, but I is do, it? I do, I do like their their aways that like black and gold. That's pretty cool. Honestly, it's like because it's not even like a tradition, not even like a gold. It's like a super gold, like the accent. Like that's pretty. Norwich, they're yellow and gray. Just don't gross. And then to top it off, I could deal with the yellow and gray. But their third is salmon purple. Who the heck? Whoever designed these people's uniforms, fire them. Like, get fire them. Like, just go out there in white, just all white with numbers until you figure out how to get a uniform. Is that gross? Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Salmon and purple. Like, I wear basketball shorts and, and even I know that looks so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no. Um, Southampton, home, they look like a ref. Hate it. Away, blue and yellow. Hate it. What, what ref have you ever seen? Wear anything similar to anything, anything stripe pattern. I'm just trying to be. Uh, you can agree to disagree there. <laughs> next, it's like a it's like a splatter blue purple. Hate it. I, I don't I don't even five year old make me a color. All right, that's pretty much it. Let's get that. That's pretty much it for you. Yeah, <laughs> I was like that was definitely like eight. Yeah, I thought you were gonna go through every Premier League team and critique each of their uniforms. <laughs> you know what though? Like I will say that that the Tottenham the and purple one. Oh, the, the Norwood third, you know, that's like, if they wear, I, I wouldn't, I'm not even, I don't even, oh, care. I don't even care how they'll wear them. Yep. I'm not going to watch it. I'll turn it on and be like, yep. I don't even care if they play a friendly, I'm not watching. Like, <laughs> All right. So, um, going into my worst five, um, city's third shirt is an abomination. The, the, I mean, the, whoever came up with this design needs, needs to be fired. 
and I want City to terminate their contract with Puma immediately. Really? Um, yeah. It, it, if if City were selling this as a T-shirt, fine. This is not a jersey. The logo isn't even on the jersey. It just says Man City, and then below that is the sponsor. If they yeah. want to sell this as a T-shirt that you can just go to the store and buy or buy from the team shop, got no problem with it. But the, the fact that they're going to charge $75 yeah. and trot this out there as a uniform, it, it's it's atrocious. Um, honestly, one of the worst jerseys that I've ever seen. I like the salmon and purple Norwich City uniform better than I like this Man City third uniform. Yeah, nope. I would rather do <laughs> No, the, the, the Man City third uniform is, it's, it's horrendous. Um, I think, so this, this you were on the outside. No, Puma, Puma had a, a template that they've used the, the Man City third shirt. They used that same template for like five other teams. Um, and I, I saw the AC Milan version of it. Horrendous. Again, it, it looks like a T-shirt. It's not a it's not a jersey. You know, I, I don't care what team they made these for. It it's not going to look good. Well, that's kind of like because yeah, but but at least those they have the official team badge and they have the sponsor. It looks like a jersey. This looks like a T-shirt. Um, moving on, number two. Um, Man City's home uniform. Um, the the light blue that they use is is good. Um, it's a good representation of like the proper sky blue that we need or not need, but traditionally have. I don't like V-necks. Um, this is like a very wide V-neck yeah. shirt. I don't like it. Um, I, I don't care who you are. It that kind of V-neck is not really going to look good on you. Um, I think it's. It's a little boring. Uh, they got some like white stripes on the side that look weird and out of place. Um, and on top of that, they're pairing it with sky blue shorts. So they're going with a monochrome look. And the, the shirt, I mean, I, I saw it on, on Saturday when they played Tottenham. It, it looks all right if you have a sky blue undershirt to make it like a crew neck kind of look. It, the, the fact that it's, it's a V-neck kind of just ruins it for me. Hey, um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> um number three um the worst shirts for me is that norwich home uniform um kind of going back to what you said yellow and green not really good color combination um but the design that they have on it you got like the the green up towards the shoulders then on the sleeves you have like a green and yellow design to it very weird you know the well, the the sponsor itself yeah. looks out of place it's like the, the lighter. yeah if you're, if you're gonna go like green but at least the arc yeah you know, what I mean? so it almost kind of like a bit better when you have like a green, <laughs> with like a yellow. It just grows. Um, moving on, number four. I think we agreed on this one, but Arsenal's third shirt. Um, a little too busy for my taste. You know, they kind of they got some like weird zigzaggy pattern to it. Um, I don't know. It it doesn't really go with the colors because they kept the the Arsenal badge. They have that in red, and then they have the Adidas logo in red. But then they have this like tealish uh, shirt with like dark purple and red zigzags across the shirt. See, I saw, I it, saw like, it, the it's busy. It's and very they, busy. See, I do because I, I colors that I saw like light blue, and I don't like necessarily light. Blue. Yeah, I mean like they had a. Um, and then I like I don't know yeah. why or teal. I I like um, the the colors themselves are all right. It's just yeah. the overall design of the shirt. I think it's just too 
too busy. It, it hurts my eyes to, to look at this thing. I think, I think if they would have seen the red out and done done a white, um, I didn't like hate it. I did like the color scheme. Yeah. Um, moving on to the final uniform that I hated, Chelsea's away uniform is it looks like they took a white shirt and they took a bunch of highlighters to it oh and just God. colored it in. I forgot the um whoever did their quit I, I don't mean to be just like quit making. hey that's nike nike made their uniforms nike did them dirty because nike makes some cool stuff for our like you go like college football cool awesome whatever they did with the chelsea uniform and you know what i know they don't have like full creative control because obviously people at chelsea are like hey we kind of want it to look a little bit like this but like at the end of the day it's like i would have just been like no dude this looks stupid yeah like the number like what are we like? They look like well, that, they that, look that's like their, that's their kid soccer team. That's their kid like, sponsor. The the three. Yeah, that's that's their that's, that's their sponsor. Oh yeah. Is that is that how their logo is? Yeah, yeah. That's the company logo. Oh yeah. I thought like the number of the jersey. No, I was like, but anyway, but still, it looks like it looks like you go. You know how you go to like the little park down the road and they're all playing soccer. All the kids. Yeah, it looks like one of the. It looks like one of their jerseys. Like yeah. you got that like ten year olds out there playing soccer. I'm like, you could have done anything else. Like, right. Like so, for the people that are listening and haven't seen the shirt yet, it's a pale yellow shirt with some narrow like gray horizontal stripes. Then you got the uh, kit sponsor is, is in the same yellow as the rest of the shirt. Just horrendous, right there. <laughs> the fact that. The kit sponsor blends in with the rest of the shirt. And then oh, and the I, I like the black Chelsea logo and Nike logo. Those are the only things about the uniform that I like. The rest of it's just awful. Well, and then the, the home uniform is like the same thing, but it's blue and then yellow. Yeah, well, like, they, they got the yellow stripes on the home shirt. Um, but the the stripes that they have on the on the home shirt, they're confusing. <laughs> Like it looks like they have a little bit of the checkerboard pattern on the on one side, and then it's just a bunch of random like designs on the on the rest of the shirt. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it at all. Um, yeah, I but I, I think that that away uniform is just awful. Whoever at Nike was in charge of making these ones, they they would. If I was in charge of Nike, but again, I mean, like I said, it it could be that they didn't really have much control over it, and you know, whoever owns Chelsea was like, it look like this, and I would have been like. We're not making that. I don't, I'm not like I'm not gonna put my swoosh on this. You know what I mean? Like I said, you could drive down to the local park and watch kids play soccer, and it literally looks like. <laughs> like uh, well, so I think I think it'd be a good idea. We put a little poll up on um, on social media and kind of see what some of our followers think. Kind of get their opinion on on some of the shirts that they liked, shirts that they hated. Yeah. So thanks again, Nick, for coming on for another episode. And thanks to everyone for giving us a listen. As always, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Engage with us. You know, we're, we're posting a lot. Feel free to comment and kind of continue the conversation over on our social media pages. And as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at Deep dot dive dot sport on twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time